law dogs. Also known as Just Not My Forte. Formerly known, or as recently known, as the Red Cross Squad. We're here to properly give you a send-off into fatherhood, but also where you're most comfortable, the bottom of the league. Phil Okamoto, your draft was dog shit. Five straight running backs in rounds nine through 13 with names such as Dion Jackson, Jarek McKinnon, but the best one of them all, Tank Bigsby. You are known as King of the Handcuff, King of the I will not trade anyone starting at, in week two when I offered you a thousand trades for the Sun God, for Jameer Gibbs, for Kenneth Walker, all good players. But nope, we decided to hang on to them. And when you hung on to them, you started the year 0-4. Now you had some big weeks. 153, 136, 132. Not a lot of teams can say that. But also, not a lot of teams can say that they scored less than 80. Which you did four different times. So the Red Cross squad will always remember you this season for playing two tight ends I would say more than half of your year. We had some fun times and you did draft one of the steals this year in Sam Laporta your shining star. Now Law Dogs you can go on to fatherhood You can forget about fantasy football and you can start watching your Cowboys build up this momentum, but we know what's going to happen. We're going to get one of those Instagram videos from you that retires the Jersey for the year. We'll see you later, law dogs. And we can't wait for the post next year when we talk about how your winning percentage dropped to even worse than what it was this year. R.I.P. Law Dogs, a.k.a. Red Cross Squad. It is November 28th, Tuesday. This is Blake the Cat Miller. I'm no longer in my tiny-ass apartment in Mission Viejo on the road here in Rancho Santa Margarita. I'm joined by always Jake. Jake. That was heartfelt. It was beautiful. Feels good. Those was, are my favorite parts of this podcast because those are completely off the top of my head. I have no <laughs> idea. Blake and I were discussing on sometimes how Blake, when he talks about points that he makes on teams, he just has no idea where they're going. Those specific kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My monologues, essentially. Impromptu. impromptu. Yeah, impromptu yeah. monologues just go wherever it takes me. And <laughs> they're always out of love. Love Phil, happy for him, but um, just terrible once again this year. 
Um, and I just, one of these years, like, when is it going to end? When is Phil going to make the playoffs? I don't think he is. I, I mean, teams, teams are designed in this league to like not make it. Like, it's just what it is. Not, it's not a participation trophy that we have in the North side story. North side, North side fantasy football league. And there's gotta be losers. And there's just no better loser than Phil in fantasy football. It's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nice. Like you talked about the impromptu. You always have Phil to start with. So it's like, it's true. I really do feel like there's just nothing better than, than starting with Phil. And I don't even know if I get a better monologue throughout the, throughout the last few weeks. Uh, Most likely I'm going to have to make one of my own, but there's nothing better with some of the decisions Phil makes. There's nothing better with his drafts, his choices in the draft that just make me laugh every single time I look at it. So yeah, there, there's, I don't think I'll ever get, do a better monologue than I do about Phil's team every single season. Uh, the season for Phil was doing from the start when he showed up <laughs> to the draft, bought non-alcoholic Heineken's for himself. It's true. And, um, so this is what we get out of Phil. Um, we get this weekend, week out. He is officially eliminated because of the loss in your guys' matchup. We're going to go over all the matchups. You're hearing me for the first time and I sound different or whatever. I know it's been two weeks. A lot has happened. We had Thanksgiving. Um, I made a tr- I made two trades, actually, and we'll go over both the teams and the guys that were affected. They played each other, which is pretty cool. Uh, quick question, Jake. Favorite Thanksgiving uh, item? Oof. I'm a I'm a big potato guy. Like any types of potatoes, I will eat. Um, Are you a chunky potato guy? Or what does that like, mean? Is it chunky like potatoes? Somehow, like, oh, like potato. I was saying mashed potatoes. Well, no. So mashed potatoes would be my choice. Like mashed potatoes yeah. in general. Yeah, like a little thicker. I don't like runny mashed potatoes, so they got to have some texture to it. Um, I know this is not. I feel like this is kind of like some people don't like it. Some people do, but. I have been a fan lately, uh, last few years of the stuffing, a little sausage in the stuffing. Like I, wow, I can, sausage. Like, yeah, like it has to be like a crispy, like it can't be just like yeah, the, like the crunch. dough. Yeah. Like, give me a little crunch with that. So yeah, I, I think those two kind of make for a good pairing as well. Always tastes good. What about yourself? I, I love my dad like cooks the turkey in a great way. Well, we all have, we all have parents, whatever, whoever that's like the good cook. I love my dad's cook. He always cooks it a little bit more say like the outer layers, like crunchy. Like he leaves it in there just mm-hmm. a little bit longer. I'm a, I love the skin. I okay. am salivating, waiting for like the crisp of the skin. And like, I'll make like little, like I put like mashed potatoes like in it and then I'll roll it. It's disgusting. I'm a disgusting human being, but the skin, I've always loved the skin. That's just me. I, I tried stuffing for the first time this year. Um, I like it. I have this weird thing. I can't have onions and I feel like that's mm. kind of a proponent of stuffing. Yeah. So See, yeah, I'm, a fan. Year, I'm a fan of onions. Yeah. My, it doesn't sit well with my stomach. I did one of those like tests where it tells you like, by like, biologically like things you shouldn't eat so onions is like a no-no but i had it and it may be something that hey it's thanksgiving like i like it like with some gravy some mashed potatoes thanksgiving's great um fantasy football is great and that's why we get to do this every so often so we appreciate um the mob not coming out at us for not posting anything maybe because they just forgot that we posted and we didn't say anything 
but we appreciate it. We needed the break. It was our bye week because this week, what we're going to be discussing is going to be the start of these <laughs> impromptu monologues. I'm going to throw out Jake. Teams are going to get eliminated. Teams are going to be locking up. Uh-huh. Um, nothing set yet. Like there's, while one team's eliminated, there's still say eight teams that are playoff eligible. And it's going to come down to these last three games. And it's really going to be a factor in just these matches. We're going to discuss some big wins some big losses already pushing teams out of the playoffs. Enough of me talking. Jake, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's get into it. First matchup, House Targaryen takes the win over Meet the Robinsons, 125 to 90. House Targaryens moves to six and six, fifth place. Fifth place steps back. Meet the Robinsons, four and eighth, ninth place. Not eliminated just yet. The way that our standings have been shaken out, it's it's looking like that might be the nail in the coffin for Meet the Robinsons. But House Targaryen, big week, 125, led off the back of once again Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes. I, I Patrick Mahomes will not see her starting line for the rest of the year. I mean, I, at this pace, because Jake, you've been just not only as like a fantasy football guy, but just as a chiefs hater uh, with your charters, you've called that team a fraud all year. You've, you've said the shoe, the shoe was waiting to drop on Patrick Mahomes and still 20 points. I would have taken that. I think uh, meet the Robinson's obviously would have taken that with Justin Herbert having only 13, but the way Dak Prescott is playing, just beating up on these bad teams. Um, the roster doesn't, or the matchups don't seem to be that difficult for Dak, uh, the rest of the year at home next week in Seattle. Uh, it's got a game at home against Philadelphia with somewhat of a leaky defense and then Buffalo, Miami, like uh, she's riding them out the rest of the way. And then uh, her new weapon coming right off of injury, Kyron Williams literally hopped right back on the field. And as a Rams fan, I'm going to be honest here, the way they've been playing as a lay, not interested watching their games with, um, Matthew Stafford back in the fold. Kyron Williams right now. Kyron Williams to me seemed like, I don't know. I wasn't extremely high on him because I didn't really know much about him heading into this year when he had that lightning start, 17 points, 25 points, um, just the multiple touchdowns and really not, really not at the beginning of the year having like crazy yards per yards per carry um, hovered around like high threes, low fours, which is still like obviously very formidable, but him having this major injury and coming back, expecting somewhat of like a decent a decent game but against this Arizona team who's ranked last in in rushing defense but coming out of the gate 16 carries for 143 yards six catches for 60 yards and two touchdowns that is incredible and you couple that with kind of a bounce back with Ramondre Stevenson who's been up and down Tank Dell continues to be consistent 125 points Really off the back of just those four guys, because the rest of her lineup, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, you can take him out of the lineup for the rest of the year. No interest. We 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 loved him at the beginning of the year, and uh, we nailed it right on the head about someone's got to be the pass catching option. But that team is just obviously with the firing of Frank Reich. You don't know. There's sometimes when the coach gets fired and you think, hey, situation may change. Maybe bring in an offense guy, let it loose a little bit. But there's nothing in that offense I'm interested in at all. Austin Eckler continues to, I mean, it's a tough game. They're, they were losing. You can probably comment a little bit more on that, but Austin Eckler is just not this RB one. I think at, at all, you're going to get these spurs that he had um, week eight through 10, where he had close to 20 points, but you're getting down dud weeks. 
especially with guys that Steph has on her line, on her bench right now. God, Royce Freeman put up more production than him. And that's with Kyron Williams. Royce Freeman's, I mean, he's not going to be a guy you're going to start, but Kyron Williams really compliments, or Royce Freeman really compliments Kyron because they kind of fit similar moles. They're both like right up the gut runners. So Royce Freeman's going to be a perfect vulture if, if she's ever in a pinch or a running back. But we talked about it two weeks ago with a matchup. DJ Moore needs to be in the lineup, I think, every every week. You got a wide receiver spot or a flex spot. There's no more questions for that for Steph. Plug him in. But overall, just 125, great outing for Steph. Yeah, I feel like from this point forward, Steph Steph's team is good enough to where I do think like one or two players will boom for her and then the rest kind of fill in. So some weeks it could be, for instance, when Kyron was out, like Tank Dell was having weeks where he was getting 20, 25 points. Um, and even during those times, like Austin Eckler was getting 15 to 20 points. Dak Prescott was dropping 40 points. So like she has enough depth. And I think it kind of speaks on like when I originally saw Steph's team beginning the season, when I made my prediction, she wasn't going to make the playoffs. That was solely based off of her draft. I thought the draft wasn't that good. And, you know, you know, putting your basically the first three picks being Mahomes, Cooper Cup, and Eckler, and not in that same or not in that order, but just those three picks in general. I just wasn't really high on that. With Mahomes not having like Mahomes is great on fantasy purposes at times, but like having a really like there was no wide receivers that stood out this year. You had no idea who was going to throw to besides Kelsey. Eckler, I was never a fan of. And Cooper Cup was hurt going into the season. So I felt like those three picks and looking at the rest of her draft, it was, you know, we weren't really sure what we're getting on DJ Moore. DJ Moore didn't really take off until I believe it was the week that she played me. Um, or I guess the week prior, uh, he had 23 points, but you know, three points, 13 and 11 to start the year. And you're kind of like, that's your basically wide receiver one Christian Kirk at times is inconsistent. So I really was looking at it and I was like, Hey, this is the reason why I don't think this team's made the playoffs. That being said, and this is what we talked about her difference between her and Phil is that Steph really put the time and effort in to pick up like legit options. So getting a tank Dell, getting a Kyron, even picking up Dak, Dak wasn't a player that she originally drafted. I was looking at it while you were talking as Shane had drafted him in the ninth round and Dak kind of started off the season kind of slow. So Shane dropped him, Steph picked him up and now she has a legitimate, you know, top five quarterback in fantasy, maybe even top three. So, you know, and picking up players such as Jalen Warren and, you know, just getting some depth, Trey McBride. So like you're looking at someone and, and, and I will say this, Adam Thielen had many weeks where she, when she picked him up where he was, you know, helping, at least get points for her team. Maybe it didn't translate to wins to start it out, but it was getting points, which could come down and help her to really solidify a spot in the playoffs. So um, I do a shout out to Steph for really kind of just kind of piecing together a team while there were some like inconsistencies with Cooper cup and with Austin Eckler, uh, her top picks, because this is a team that, you know, for the playoffs, um, you know, there's going to be some options for her. She's going to have to make those decisions. Um, but I agree with you. I think DJ Moore is someone that you should be able to plug in in that second wide receiver spot uh, spot going forward. It is hard with Cooper Cup, <coughs> excuse me, being on the bench. But Cooper Cup just returning hasn't hasn't done anything. And um, to be honest, like if you look at those last six weeks, so there's a buy in there, but you're looking at six points, four points, uh, around six points again, one point six and three point three. There's no shot you can start him uh, and, you know, expect anything. So, 
Yeah, for her, I, th- I think her lineup is pretty much solidified with Ramondre, Kyron, Austin Eckler, Tank Dell, and DJ Moore. Um, and then if Dallas Goddard does come back, perhaps you kind of have a decision to make. Basically, it's a tight end. Maybe it's matchup dependent. But I, yeah, I think Dak going forward is your quarterback as well. Bill's defense is still a little shaky to me. They've been good in spots. Um, they have a couple boom plays this year, but there are also times where they get passed on a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I think she just has a good solid squad that that could perhaps make an upset um, going forward for the playoffs. Yeah, I um, I think Cooper Cup. He, you're safe not playing him in the next two weeks. He's got uh, he's got Cleveland and he's got Baltimore. Yeah, that's tough. Steph, Those are tough yeah. matchups. And Steph has an act for this. Not like this is the only year. She did the same thing last year. She struggled and she had a, I remember it was her and Phil, winner winner makes it to the playoffs. She scraps. She scraps. Yep. Um, and she continues to do it. And she's looking good right now, six and six, and six holding on to one of the last uh, playoff spots. Meet the Robinsons, always four and eight. He's not officially eliminated as of today. He is holding on by dear hope. Pretty much we're looking at his lineup buoyed by B. John Robinson, Calvin Ridley, um, playing against Calvin Ridley and another league too. So his eyes were on that game. Kind of back. <laughs> He's back. 27 points last week, almost 20 this week. Continues to be a focal point um, as of late. And it seems like with the resurgence of this offense, there was a de- there was moments, some spurts with this Jacksonville team that you couldn't start T-Law, who was a guy that a lot of people drafted as like their their kind of late end, like top quarterback. And this team has struggled as a bit. Last two weeks, though, they came alive. Offense been humming and has been on the back of three touchdowns the last two games for Calvin Ridley. And that's no surprise. And when you got him involved, he's a special talent. Um, so is B. John Robinson. Just unlock the guy. Let the guy play. Uh, continues to get touches. He continues to get touches. I mean, just 16 touches for 91, 91 yards, 5.7. Got both one touchdown through the air, one on the ground. He's just special. He's just special. Only thing that's holding him back is just Arthur Smith and just the stupid play calling. But they beat my Saints, so they figured it out. <laughs> going up against an easy defense with the Saints, you, you're going to get points. Looking ahead up against the the uh, the Jets could be a tough defense. That team is not out of it yet, so I, I I'm a little bit worried about that matchup next week. And then against Tampa, that Tampa's given up a lot, but actually, I think their rush defense is actually decent. If yeah, you're their rush at defense is good. Yeah, so two tough matchups there. But in this situation, though, with Bijan, Bijan has a talent that can that he when he's given his opportunity, he'll he can beat the matchup. So you're just hoping that it's not Arthur Smith getting in the way. But what really sunk Meet the Robinson this week was I mentioned it, Justin Herbert in that matchup. You can touch on that. Brian Robinson kind of came back down to earth. It's just a yo-yo with that guy, top five. Running back, uh, 7.4 points. And that's coming off uh, three straight over 10 points. Jake Ferguson, I you can't really trust the the tight end situation in Dallas. I mean, talking about Dak Prescott being a top three quarterback, he's got to be throwing the ball. But there's so many weapons on that team. Uh, you don't know where the ball, it, uh, whether it's the the dwindle guy, the, the second running back catching the ball out of the backfield. There's usually like they, I swear they carry like seven tight ends. And <laughs> when you have CD lamb commanding a lot of attention, you're going to get weeks where that he just had, he had one catch for 35 yards, three targets. Uh, that's just the name of the game. Usually for Dallas, it comes down to tight ends uh, or touchdowns. Um, Dalton Kincaid, other rough game um, as a whole. I mean, the points were there, but it was just rainy and 
And I guess it really, no, it's not much of an excuse. He had six targets or five catches, 38, just didn't hit the end zone. Usually that's how it goes when you go double, when you go tight end, if you're not getting a touchdown, you're going to be behind the eight ball. But man, if you're rolling double tight end, that's what you're going to get. But uh, nothing really inspiring as well on the bench. Um, Devin Singletary was kind of the interesting option considering the last uh, last two weeks prior to week 12, 18 points, 22. But I don't think it made that big of a difference with um, Pierce getting back in the lineup, but his touched count went down heavily. He only had six carries for 18 yards. He had six catches, though. So at least you, at least you know if you need a running back pinch, depending on buys next week, you can plug him as, as someone that can catch the ball out of the backfield. But overall, across the board, 90 points um, buoyed by just two big performances. But what anything, Jake, on this one? Um, I do. I do feel like Phillips's team throughout the course of this season has yeah been one of and we, we've touched on this a bunch, but just like kind of bad drafting. And he'll like he said, like the start of the year, he wasn't a fan of his draft. Um, but, you know. I feel like his team kind of came on. I know he only scored 90 points, but it's kind of come on the last couple of weeks. I know we didn't, we didn't record a pod last week, but I want to say that he scored a good amount uh, the week prior. I think oh, yeah, uh, DK, yeah. DK and Calvin had both had really good games with, um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. He crushed Brian 137 to 98. Um, and so, I, you know, watching and yeah, like every, so I'm looking at it right here. Justin Herbert at 30 points. Brian Robinson at 16, Devin Singletary 18, DK 18, Calvin Ridley 28. So he had a really good week the week prior. I just, it's a little bit too late for all this to kind of come together because I do feel like, you know, Brian Robinson <coughs> is technically is, yeah, is, has kind of that yo yo roller coaster kind of fantasy. But Bijan is really kind of tearing a corner. Um, you know, personally, I think 20 touches, whether it's uh, runs or receptions, just getting the ball in his hands 20 times, I think is a good amount for him because there's no real reason to like run this guy into the ground similar to like Saquon over the last few years um, because you want to play the long game. Saquon, as we know, has gotten hurt. Basically I would say this year, uh, what this year he had, what maybe like a two to three week injury. Yes, he Um, did. But like years past, he was out for like long stretches of the year and they were running him 30 times a game, right? Like, for us, for selfish reasons, we want to watch Bijan like just go off. But I do think 20 ish touches, maybe just a little uptick or just a little bit more would be good. But it, it's cool to finally see him. And it's crazy to think like as much as Bijan didn't do much the first, I don't know, uh, seven weeks of the season, like he is still considered a top six running back in fantasy. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool to see him finally like turning a corner. And like they're, I mean, they're, tops in their division at what is it six and five five and six um so they are gonna are gonna need them in order to kind of you know make sure that they they uh they go for that but the rest of his team yeah i mean it's it's rough running double tight ends i definitely it's hard because you know we don't necessarily i mean i don't really look at the weather reports really um, but uh, that Buffalo Philly game was in a torrential downpour for all three and a half hours. So I don't even care if you get seven targets, those seven targets are not the same as seven targets no. in a dome. Yep. So Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Like looking at that, of course I would have much rather put in someone like um, a Deandre Hopkins or a Terry McLaurin. I don't know something else. Not that it really would have mattered. They're basically have the same score. Um, but yeah, this, this kind of ends it for Phillips here. He has to, he has to hope that I lose out. He has to hope that you lose out. 
Um, and he has to hope that he wins out, which is, I think, going forward, going to be tough for all of that to happen. All right. We got a bunch of losers here. Well, there was one winner. Fitch goes to seven to five, fourth place, 99.9 points over the cat. Hashtag nine lives, 73.48, six and six and sixth place. That is not good. I don't like that. Um, Jake had to double check to make sure that this wasn't the lowest output and it wasn't. So that's good for me. But overall, 73 points. Ugh, nothing. I mean, I had a little bit of a hope too. Uh, I remember watching the Eagles game and I keep seeing things on Twitter. It's like Jalen Hurts, uh, Swift, Brown, all their points at the end of the first half was like nothing. Like Swift had like Uh 0.6 points. Jalen Hurts had like set like seven points. And I'm like, am I going to grind out a victory here off just pure luck? And because I had a whole bunch of guys going into Monday night. I had Fields. I had Addison. Did I have someone else? No, but I had I had a (coughs) Dicker as my late Sunday action. So uh-huh. at the time watching the Eagles games, like, Oh man, I got a chance here, but now Jalen hurts can just came in clutch. Yeah, went off in the game. second half. Yeah. Went off in the second half. And when you talked about in the last matchup with Dalton Kincaid, Jalen hurts really isn't affected that much by it because anywhere near the end zone, it's a tush push. Um, he's got a lot of options on his team. He's got guys like Dante Smith in space. He's just good. I mean, that team's good. And you're playing against Buffalo. It's been a suspect defense that points are going to be allowed. But uh, 34 points from him was absolutely huge. Chris Olave was very involved first half, which is unheard of for the Saints offense, getting him just target heavy. I want to say he had like seven or eight catches in the first half. Mm -hmm. Uh, No touchdowns, obviously, with that 15 score. But um, in Broncos defense, uh, that was uh, the tough one, too. You always... I had Javante Williams and I had the Browns defense. So I was kind of like kicking myself. Like why, if I'm in a close matchup, why am I like banking on one of my upper echelon running backs, taking points away from the Browns. And then I saw he had the Broncos. It was like a tough game to watch. Cause I was just uh-huh. cheering for Browns to score, but not too much. Cause I wanted Javante. Javante had a lot of carries, which he continues to do. Um, 18 carries, three catches, just, I mean, you're going up against the Browns defense. That's that defense is legit. They scored 29 on him, regardless, but still, that's a defense that's gonna be tough to run against with Miles Miles Garrett. I do I think Miles Garrett got banged up though in that yes, game. Yes, uh, he is I'm not sure if he's gonna be out for a while, but I think he left with his like arm in a sling or something. Yeah, which is crazy. Like that guy's a monster. Like mm-hmm. if there's anything in this world that hurt him, uh that's I can't even imagine bouncing around to both teams here. I'm going to continue it. Uh, overall, just bad matchup, just a bad week for both of them. No Gus Edwards uh, rushing touchdowns. Pittsburgh's offense with Deontay Johnson continues to just be sluggish. We saw. Well, no, um, I disagree. This is the first time they've they've had more than 400 yards in 50 games off. You know why, though? Yeah, because Najee Harris. Well, that's part of it, but. They've, when they're fired their offensive coordinator, they have someone new now. And the yeah. first time they've they've had more than uh, 400 yards total in the offensive yards in a game. Yeah, well, I mean, um, when I mean by sluggish, I'm looking at like their key guys. I'm looking at uh, like Jeffrey Johnson. Uh, when we get to your matchup, we'll look at how George Pickens did. But think new offense, you think 400 yards, you think Deontay Johnson's going to be on the back of that. No, it was actually Pat, Pat uh, Fryermuth, which was just... Not really surprising because that guy's a beast. He had over 100 yards, but 
Um, seven points for Deontay Johnson. I don't see much. Go to my team. Jalen Waddle finally had a, like a decent game. It's a bummer mm-hmm. that that was the game on Black Friday. I mean, going into Black Friday, I get 15 points for Jalen Waddle. I'm like, oh, this is my week. But then, of course, I get a stinker. But uh, Jalen Waddle kind of buoyed my 15 points. Najee Harris um, had near 100 yards and a rushing touchdown. That was just a good matchup. I got to look at matchups for the future for Pittsburgh. I believe they play Arizona next week. We just saw what Kyron did. Two completely different running backs. Kyron's got way more juice than Najee Harris, but that's a, it's a spot for him to play. But Saquon Barkley, five points. Jordan Addison, disappointment. I mean, you're not going to get any points of Jordan Addison when your quarterback throws four interceptions. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's really not... We don't, I mean, unless you want to go over team by team, there's not much of interest on here. I think it really just came down to that Philadelphia game, that 34, 34 points from Jalen Hurts. That was really the big separator. And as a whole, just disappointing, like performances from my top end guys, like Saquon Barkley, five points. I mean, yep. you're not going to, you're not going to win anything, especially in these lower scoring ones. You've got to depend on guys like Saquon Barkley to be able to hit projections. Um, or hit a big spot there, but when it and it seemed like a week in both of our teams matchups, so where it was just the number was going to be low, it just take all it takes is just one big outing, and it seemed like Brian got out with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean Brian got three uh, performances that were pretty much carried his team as like you touched on the Broncos, Chris Olave, and Chris Olave that was only in the first half because he was out the entire second half uh, with a concussion, so. You know, Jalen Hurts, yeah, getting 34.5. I mean, you could have probably added up like five of your guys and they still don't hit 34. Nope. Um, so it just, yeah, looking at your team, rough kind of across the board. I will say this is not that what I've expected out of your team because I do feel like there have been weeks where you, like, like when you played me and you got 140 and I was like, dang, like that's that's kind of crazy that some of these players are scoring that much because these guys, in my opinion, like I've never been Javante Williams, I think is a good running back. I don't think he's a great fantasy running back. Jordan Addison rookie. So we're not going to touch on that, but like Jalen Waddle, good performance, Saquon, good performance. I don't know. It's just, I, I feel like your team kind of came back down to earth. I mean, they definitely fell like a free fall. Because 73 points is, I mean, I, my team the last couple of weeks basically has been around that number. But watching some of these guys, I'm like, okay, yeah, these these are the guys that I've kind of expected to have. And I will say they all kind of combined this week to have bad weeks or a bad week. Um, and I think going forward, you're still going to have some of these guys have these kind of outputs. But you might have a Saquon that gets you 20 points. You might have a George Kittle who has been crazy this year. Uh, we we saw at the beginning the the first what like four or five weeks he's kind of had that back and forth and you're not sure what you're getting out of George Kittle and then the one two three four weeks in a row he had over ten points um, and like you said in a text in a in a group text <coughs> that George Kittle has like saved your season and I I completely agree with that because I think in this like tight end uh, needing a tight end having that like you know solid player in that position and getting you close to twenty points a week is huge. Um, so yeah. And, and also there's like looking at your bench, there's no one really that you can have plugged in. I mean, Marquise Brown had a nice week with 11.8, but a lot of those points were scored in garbage time. The last like six to seven minutes were just Arizona kind of just being able to move the ball down the field with ease. 
um, because they had only scored eight points prior to that. So I think for you going forward, I think these next two weeks are going to be super interesting um, because you are basically on that cusp of making the playoffs. But you're lucky that there's not a team like tied with you in like points kind of thing. Uh, I mean, Steph is, but like that's the only team you have to really worry about. You just have to hope going forward that you get one more win. One more win will basically lock it up for your squad. Um, and then to go to Brian's team is uh, these wins are super important for him because he was looking and I had, and I had said this a couple of weeks ago, if it weren't for this win, I don't think Brian makes the playoffs. Um, and now um, with Sam, you know, having a five and seven record, I believe um, there's that two win gap between Brian and Sam. Um, and Sam's the only one that can catch him. I can no longer catch Brian. Brian has a really tough schedule going forward. And with Justin Jefferson being on a bye next week, he is coming back the last week of the regular season. But with, you know, some of these guys being on buys like Gus Edwards, uh, like Cole Komet, like Ty Chandler next week, I think, I believe James Cook as well. This was a huge win for Brian. Absolutely huge. Because next week he's going to have... I don't even know who's going to be playing for him next week. Um, looking at his <laughs> squad, um, he plays me, which I, I will say I'm lucky. Um, but Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, Chris Olave, who could be in concussion protocol, he could be out, and Deontay Johnson. After that, he's got right now he's got Tyler Algier in his lineup, but he's got no one else on the on um, on his bench. Uh, no running back to um, help out besides Tyler Algier, which you never know what you're going to get with him. So yeah. Big win for Brian. Um, and, you know, it, it was just enough. You know, he, he only scored 99, which was the third lowest or fourth lowest score of the week. But with Jalen Hurts, honestly, like, I feel like anything is possible with that guy. Like that guy, it, he is what I think a lot of people still think Lamar is in the sense that like Jalen Hurts just gets inside the third three yard line and scores a rushing touchdown every single time. Like it is an automatic six points and they get down there quite often. So like he had two rushing touchdowns in this game, uh, one to win the game in general, but yeah, he, he is a special talent. Um, he's, I guess he's the MVP, uh, front runner. I don't know if I think he should win, but for fantasy purposes, he's my number one fantasy quarterback. Fitch gets a win, goes to seven and five. The cat gets a loss, goes to sixth place, six and six. Alvin and the Chipmunks, my squad, finally with a W against the Red Cross squad. Uh, Phil Okamoto, three and nine, officially dead, as you heard at the beginning of this episode. Um, a rough year for Phil in general. We'll start there. Um, I will say this rough year fantasy wise. Great year as a person. Congrats yep. to Phil as he is a father now. Um, and I will, if, if I were to make the playoffs, I told Blake this, if I were to make the playoffs, I would dedicate my playoff run and my uh, second place finish to a Shane, to his daughter, um, because Phil was busy this past week being a father and forgot to take out a couple players. Mm-hmm. Um, so Phil did not play Sam Laporta on Thanksgiving afternoon who dropped 15.2. 
Stead picked up Hunter Henry on Friday, who gave him zero points. He also played the Washington Commanders defense. This is now the second time Phil has done this this year and both against me um, and played against the Dallas Cowboys. They were projected for five points. They ended up getting a negative five. So we're looking at two plays right there. Um, I wonder if ESPN meant negative five, but then they yeah, like possibly messed up. Yeah, because yeah, I've always wondered why defenses on ESPN um, are even projected some points when you know they're not going to score any. Like I yeah. can go to the projections right now. We're looking at the Arizona card, or we're looking at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are projected for five points against the Cowboys at Dallas, and it's just like, I mean, maybe. Probably not. I, I don't see unless they do a defensive touchdown. That's the only way they get to or five like points. Sacks, I guess. But yeah, but like against really a really high-powered offense, it's tough yeah. to think that they're going to do anything crazy. Uh, Chargers yeah. at seven point two. That's a shocker. Um, all right. So getting back into this matchup, Phil officially eliminated. Um, a very good team on paper. C.J. Stroud continues to be probably, and I'm going to say this: this is probably the best. NFL or sorry, the best quarterback rookie performance I've ever seen. Um, even more so than Herbert because Herbert didn't win games when he was a rookie, not necessarily his fault. It's never really his fault general over the last four years, but watching CJ Stroud play football is exciting. Like it is fun to watch his connection with tank Dell, his connection with Nico Collins, his connection with Dalton Schultz, like, And even Robert Woods, Noah Brown, like they have guys there. They have receivers. And it's actually fun to watch the Texans for once as Blake and I are not rooting for the Texans because we shout out man Campbell. But CJ Stroud for viewing purposes, awesome to watch. And for fantasy purposes, even better. Redraft league right now. You taking CJ Stroud or Lamar Jackson? Uh, CJ Stroud. Easy. CJ Stroud or Dak Prescott. Ooh, that's a good one. <clears throat> what it's it, so like if I if I knew how Dak was running that offense now. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're redrafting like you're starting a league. Yeah, so I get to right also get to see how Dak has done lately. I'd probably still do Dak just because they don't run the ball. Like he they just yeah. throw the ball like crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but, CJ Stroud, yeah. Yeah, go ahead if you had no, some more. No, I was just saying yeah, that's it. those are good those are good comps because CJ has just shown this kind of awareness, this pocket presence of like, yeah, there are times where he turns the ball over, but he's a rookie. And like, that's what you kind of have to expect going into it. But I mean, some of these games where he's getting these points, he is the third ranked quarterback this year in fantasy. So I'm guessing it's Josh Allen. It is Jalen Hurts. And then it's CJ Stroud, which is crazy. So the last few weeks, you're looking at 46.8. I mean, that one is just an enormous. Uh, that game was crazy. Uh, 46.8, 19 because he turned the ball over multiple times. I think three times. 15 where he turned the ball over three times. And then he was much cleaner this past week where he had 30.86. So you're looking at someone, I think, going forward. Man, I, I could see him getting drafted in like the third or fourth round next year. Yeah, I, I see him going in that range. I see him going in that range of like Justin Herbert of like, I'm not, man, I would, I would now, even take CJ Stroud. Yeah, I guess, I guess I would put it higher than those guys. I'm trying to think like, I would think, rather have CJ Stroud than Patrick Mahomes in fantasy. Like I, and that's not just trying to be me being a hater. That's because I love the weapons that the Texans have. Yeah. 
Like they have guys that can play. Patrick Mahomes relies on Travis Kelsey way too much. And also his receivers drop do drop a lot of passes. Watching the Texans games, it's it's those bombs to tank Dell. Like and this could have been more than the 30.8. He had that one that was called back that was 50 yards down the field. So like Oof, don't mention that to a lot of people that are over on <laughs> yeah. yards. Yeah. So like, you know, <clears throat> I think going forward, yeah, I, I think CJ, I mean, I, I we can look up the draft this past year, but I think he's gonna go. He has to go in like the third or fourth round. Yeah, he's gotta be he's gotta be if you go think back to the draft, I wanna say after Lamar before Herbert and like that's what Justin Fields area. So right now I'm looking at it. Round four was Lamar was number number one pick round four for me. Yeah. yeah. So Josh Allen is third round, uh, fourth overall pick. I think it would be in between Josh Allen and Lamar. So you're looking at like late third round for for CJ Stroud. Yeah. And like they're in a window too, where like obviously, obviously this was a big game for Houston going mm-hmm. up against Jacksonville because that division was still like almost undecided like if Houston would have won that game oh, they would have gone they would have been right there yeah. they would have been right there so I mean they are I'm, still right there they're only I think two games out like there's still yeah. seven weeks to go and they play each other again so yeah I mean there's still plenty of time for for Houston I to think that's my move. point with with CJ next year is I I don't see that division I don't see that division becoming like exponentially better if they don't get the number one seed then they're not going to be matched up against other teams, divisional like leaders too. So I can expect somewhat of an easy schedule for Houston next year, depending on who they're matched up with, where you're getting the talent and any team that has a young quarterback like CJ Stroud, they're able to spend and splurge on other assets of the offense and the defense to just be a more well-rounded team. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full with you. That's definitely going to be a guy that fourth, maybe late third, fourth round that I'll be looking at. And really just goes into my same philosophy that I've kept every other year besides this year, where there's always quarterbacks at the end of the draft. There's always guys. It seems like every year one of these rookies hit. Uh-huh. Now, it's been a couple of weeks, but I mean, we all see it. We all see it. We all no, there's not a lot of times where where like I'm I'm thinking about Justin Fields when he really broke out in his rookie year. Um, and even just what we saw at the end of last year his success isn't really coupled by the necessity of having a, a a number one wide receiver option that most like quarterbacks need. Like CJ Stroud has that and he has that with tank Dell. So there's a little bit better of a a level of consistency of its output. When you've got a guy like tank Dell, where it seems like someplace tank Dell is always open, but I've seen plenty of catches with tank Dell already this year that he's almost got like the, the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins factor when he was with the Texans where it's just like, no, just throw the guy the ball. Like he'll catch it. So there's obviously something amazing brewing in Houston. Phil's gotten fortunate that he's been able to pick it up and put him in his uh-huh. lineup. Two back-to-back losses that kind of really torpedoed his season. Uh, the one to me last week and the one to you this week, but at least he's got something to watch because really there's nothing else on his lineup. You, we, we are Jameer Gibbs, 9.3 horrible game for Detroit. Detroit always loses that game um, on Thanksgiving, uh-huh. especially when you're going up against Packers um, and just, the moon. Just a, Shout out and the moon. moon. Yeah. There's the whole conspiracy. Look up the moon, the lions losing streak. You'll, you'll go down that rabbit hole. Zach Charbonnet, who cares? Jamar chase. Jamar chase is literally, the, your Garrett Wilson situation where yeah. you have this unbelievable talent that is just stuck 
in this horrible situation with was it Jake Browning, Washington, yeah. Washington Huskies, great. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, you got to play him. I think with Phil's team and the pieces that he has, he doesn't. I mean, have he's much never liberty. had he's never had a backup wide receiver. This is the thing we talked about when Phil drafted yeah. was he had six running backs and he only had two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, what are we doing here? Because injuries happen, things happen, and you need to make sure you have depth. But Phil's going to fill. Phil's going to fill. Amon Ross A. Brown's still going to Amon Ross A. Brown, even in a bad offensive game where Goff just looked like he couldn't get the ball moving at all. Still 14 points. Hunter Henry, you t- mentioned on, you touched on. Odell, who cares? Dustin Hoppin, who cares? Let's go to your team, Jake. Let's go to the team <laughs> that's on the up and up. That's well, I don't know big- about a one win win streak <laughs> is on the up and up. I will say we, we took a bye week. Um, we had our bye week for the year, and uh, most of it was because I just didn't want to talk about last week's uh not this this performance and this matchup but the matchup against nick where going into monday night i was only down by six i had three players nick had one and i lost by less than two points classic nick performance um and i will say this i will say this i didn't it wasn't like one of those where it's like oh god i put up 130 and i still lost i only put up like 82 so like i did not deserve to win at all but neither did nick quite frankly um so a rough loss because it really is going to make it extremely difficult for me to make the playoffs, which is rough because I do feel like my team can make some sort of noise. They just need to click at the same time. And we got a little bit of that this week with the 120 performance. Um, and, you know, it only Lamar only had 15 points. Right. So you're looking at a lot of my players with more than 10 points, which is just a great sign. Alvin Kamara with 14, Tony Pollard. Finally doing something. I think he's had back-to-back weeks now where he's had pretty good performances. Yeah, you're looking at 16 points and then 19 points. A.J. Brown in that monsoon, he had a touchdown. <laughs> Very slow first half, as you touched on in your matchup. Uh, I decided to play Josh Downs only because Tampa Bay's secondary is trash. Uh, but, you know, Garrett Wilson actually did something. He caught a touchdown. Um, so, of course, I don't play him, but it didn't really matter. Travis Kelsey had a good second half. Uh, caught a lot of yardage. I don't believe he got in the end zone, uh, but had 91 yards. So that was nice to see. Jonathan Taylor, 21 points. Big news coming out today. And it looks like he's going to be out two to three weeks, but that is why you have depth. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of my bench. You know, we talked about CJ Stroud, and I will say this someone that I've seen over the last three to four weeks, like kind of really start to come around and come into his own, is Jordan Love. Um, and I will say this he did have back to back. Pretty good weeks against bad defenses. Chargers secondary is trash. He threw up 20, 21 points against them. And then the Lions defense, the secondary might be even worse uh, with 26. And he just looked locked in. He looked focused. He was hitting guys wide open, scrambling out of the pocket, hitting guys on the fly. And so, yeah, I think I think Jordan Love is a good backup to have because I most likely will need him. Um, uh, but Lamar is on a bye this week uh, or this uh, next week. So. Yeah, I like my squad still. I, th- I think it's good, um, but I just don't think it's enough to make the playoffs. Anything else you want to touch on it? No, I mean, I think you're always going to play the Russian roulette with Garrett Wilson, Izzy or Wolney. Um, touchdowns seem to be the only thing that he can get him onto the board and have somewhat comparable numbers. I'm fine with the Josh Down play against Tampa Bay. It's a team that you target on defense. 
Lamar Jackson continues to be frustrating. It's kind of the issue that I had with him the entire year. He's been okay at times. He hasn't been that great superstar level, but when you're getting consistency across the board, you're getting Tony Pollard coming back to the fold, him being the him being the running back that we all drafted, and then just Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor seems to, like, it's no doubt about it, he's back. Like, the way that he's running, I was watching that game, he just looks... He looks ferocious, just absolutely ferocious. Yeah, he does, but he's going to be out. So it's one of those things where it's like, it. yeah, it's nice to see. But then when he's out for the next three weeks, tough. They have, they have him out for the three weeks. That's the yeah, prognosis. two to three weeks. Yeah, that Jim Irsay came out today and said that his thumb is going to is going to take him out for the next two to three weeks. I don't, I don't trust anything that guy says. But <laughs> I mean, overall, you have the depth. That's what you you've been preaching. You've been telling Phil Jerome Ford. May not be the sexiest of options, but him getting plugged into that lineup, I think that team in that offense is really epitomized just by the lack of offense. And I think with uh, DTR, him getting banged up in that game, PJ Walker is not anything great, but at least he is a little bit more comfortable, can move that offense a little bit more. You're going up against the Rams, who the Rams, I guess, are playing inspired football. I mean, there's still a chance they're fighting for that wild card. That wild card in the NFC is an absolute mess. I think the Vikings are still holding on to it right now. So, uh, but that's the team that hasn't really fared well on defense. So uh-huh. definitely um, Jordan, Jerome Ford, it could be a playable option, especially with Mari Cooper getting banked up as well. So there may be more, not only rushing options for Jerome Ford, but even pass catching op- options as he has shown at some spurts uh, throughout this year, five, one, two, four in the last four. So overall, 120 seems on par with just what your team, what your team did this week and just kind of what I expect out of them. A pretty consistent team. Hopefully Taylor starts showing up some games so that you can make it a little interesting because you're battling right now, Jake. You need to win these last two just for your chance to get into the playoffs. But with this win, you move to four and eight, eighth place. Red Cross squad, three and nine, tenth place. That has been officially eliminated. Eliminated. Number one team, the Notorious, gets the win. I, f- I fucking hate him. I fucking hate this team. <laughs> it's, so, it's so frustrating. 166 to 103 beats Sam. Sam goes to five and seven. Drops out of the playoff race for the time being, but with just one win away to tie it up. I mean, there's any chance, but let's just talk about this stupid fucking team. <laughs> I, uh, even when he makes the wrong choice, it's like still like great option. Uh, Rashad white in the lineup going up against, uh, Indianapolis was just been a bad defense. Still 12 points. You're thinking, you're thinking, Oh man, wrong decision. He left Josh Jacobs on the bench. He could have had an extra 10 points. Could have been a 176 outing uh-huh. just across the board. Um, while I said, um, well, I didn't say you said it in this episode, but I said in the past that George Kittle saved my season. You know who else could have saved my season? Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. <laughs> yeah. Mike Evans would have definitely saved my season because Mike Evans continues to just be a set it and forget it. The guy scoring a touchdown he's got, uh-huh. um, since week seven, I'm cherry picking weeks here to make it sound even better. He's got one, two, three, four, six, six touchdowns in the last, uh, six. Wait, no, one, two, three, four, five. I can't count. That's six. <laughs> he's had six touchdowns in the last six weeks. And 
no, if it comes early in the game, it comes late. Mike Evans is going to get it. He will get that touchdown. It, mm-hmm. it seems like it to be an easy threat. There's weeks that he's always open. There's some weeks where he like struggles until the very end. And yeah. then he just like, Oh, it's time for it. And then it's either garbage time or whatever. This is a close game. He's heavily involved. It's so frustrating. Cause like the offense is humming a little bit, not like crazy, but they, they have been in games where they've been blown out. So it's like the offensive output where, Guys like Rashad White that can pick up uh, pick up catches. You get Mike Evans who continues to be targeted in the, uh, the red zone. Like Cade Otten gets random touchdowns. Uh-huh. Chris Godwin gets nothing. So that's a side <laughs> note. But well, let's um, let's really quick let's peel back the curtain. Was there ever like a was there ever it was it just a straight who offered who was I there ever him. was there ever a counter at all or was that no. just only Mike Evans? Like could you have traded you think Chris Godwin for George Kittle? No, I don't think so. I know. Well, I know, obviously, with like the pre-draft statistics that I did um, heading into the season, I knew I knew that he has a history of of drafting Tampa Bay players. So Mm. uh, and I feel like he's had Mike Evans before. I feel like that's the guy. And and honestly, Mike Evans seems like a Trey guy, like personality wise, like kind of like confident, a little smug. There's something about I mean, the guy likes obviously his team name is notorious. So he likes guys like Conor McGregor, like losers. And Mike Evans kind of seems like a loser <laughs> to me. So uh, I sent that over and yeah, it was immediate. It was no counter, no text, no nothing. I just sent it this thinking this guy was yeah, that's, nice. That's I'll when get you know you lost. Yeah. Well, especially when you're, when you're going up against a vet that's just cooking this league right now um, who continues to cook as well, even though I pronounced him dead in the last episode Isaiah Pacheco 23 points and god I mean I was right for one week going up against Philadelphia that was the kind of the matchup that I was like hey like like I think we're gonna slow our breaks here I don't think he's gonna be able to like get through that defensive unit and then that's coming off three weeks now five points six points nine points so in some light I was right but you look at that second half for you look at the second half for Kansas City and you look at Isaiah Pacheco that's just Literally the most angriest man I've ever seen play football. Like, I mean, he has to have like the record for most steps in a run, yeah. like all time. He just shuffles those feet. Yeah, that guy would crack so many eggs in Pokemon Go just in terms of like <laughs> distance traveled. Like it, it's wild. And then he's getting like cake matchups for the like the rest of your Green Bay. It's a team that's been ran on Buffalo. They've been ran on New England, Las Vegas. Those are stupidest call I made. Pacheco at twenty three points. Tyreek Hills. Set it, forget it, 20 points. Jacoby Myers having that up day. Every time I say he's out, he comes back and he hits seven. And that, like, like some of the catches that he had in that game were incredible. Um, and then Josh Allen, 40 points. I just, you look at that and you think, okay, dude, he played all the right guys. But like I said, Josh Jacobs, like, trying to flex on this league, not playing Josh Jacobs, even though um, last week he had a down week. He had 14 carries against that Miami that Miami team that's got a pretty good defense, but sitting him, I think just for shits and giggles, uh, leaving on the bench, 22 points, Christian Watson, who's a guy he's held on to forever. And I, and there were moments where we're, when he wasn't in the lineup, we're thinking to this, this offense stinks. Like I wouldn't even want if he comes back and really what's been his plague is that he hasn't been able to catch the ball besides this matchup against Detroit. Um, we're looking at two catches, two catches, one, three, 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 two, Volume hasn't been there. Um, we got seven targets. We got five catches, got 94 yards. That's Christian Watson. Christian Watson, when he was last year, he seemed like the guy. It's like 
kind of hit him in the flat, hit him coming across the middle. He's got burners to beat you. And you're t- getting 17 points. And then Tyler Higby, Tyler fucking hit Higby. I didn't know he was on a lineup right now. And it, they target him like, yeah, like the, his first two catches were touchdowns in that game. There's just, and they even tried to go to him a third time, like in the same route. So the guys, the guys, the guys got to click it. Every time that we think someone may come, come for his throne, QB sneaks is one of them. And we'll talk about him in that matchup, but you're putting up 166, not even putting out your number one lineup. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Everything clicked for Trey this week because I'm looking at his year this so far, and he's very consistent, very consistent around 120. He hasn't scored more than 130 the entire year. This is the first time that he's done it. So you're looking at everything clicking for him now. That could continue because a lot of these players, I think, do have the possibility of being, you know, high scores the rest of the season. But, you know, there there are certain things that I think when you start getting into, you know, teams that make the playoffs, there there are a couple that I would still probably take over Trey's team. Because I do think, like I said, around 115, 120, when you go up against a, another really good team, you're going to have to score more than that. Um, but I do think having Tyreek, of course, is ty- both Josh Allen and Tyreek, having those two players and knowing that you can it could just be a regular week for them and they can combine for 60 points is crazy because they can definitely get that. Um, but if one of those guys has a down week or you never know in fantasy, one of those guys gets hurt. I do think there are some players here and there like Jacoby Myers is not going to get 17 points every single week. I mean, he's projected, he was projected for five. Um, and you know, you talked about him a couple of weeks ago, him, you thinking it's the worst play <coughs> to have him in the lineup. Um, but I don't think that's going to, I, I still think he's going to be in the lineup going forward. I don't think that's going to change. Um, unless maybe perhaps you put a Mike Evans in over him and then you put a Josh Jacobs in the flex and you're looking at a, a at a better team in my opinion. So that could happen, but I, I Trey has a very good team. Um, but I would, I, I'm just gonna, you know, I really do think this is a week that just everything came together. I had a week like that where I scored 171 points. And then like the next week and I'm not, uh, Trey has a better team than I do, but then I dropped like 98 the week after that. Right. So I, I definitely think looking at it going forward, I think Trey consistently 115, 120 is where his team's usually at. This was just a week where he just happened to score a ton of points. I want to say too, this is a kind of a normal week for team Mercy. A. We go to her side of the, the, the matchup here. 103 kind of just, uh, Highs and lows performances from her team. Sometimes the lows just sink her down a little too much. Uh, low performance from Joe Mixon. If I worry about rest of the year with um, Jake Browning being the quarterback, I don't know how that offense is really going to move the ball. I mean, obviously some emphasis on Cincinnati to run the ball, kind of take it out of his hands. But I don't know. I watched that game. They seem confident in him and Jake Browning to like process and make decisions. But it's, maybe it's a tough matchup going against Pittsburgh in her division. Pittsburgh, I don't, I don't know how they're winning games, but they seem to be winning games. Um, seven points for him. David Njoku, eight points. Eh. Alexander Madison continues to be on, on a starting lineup. Still blows my mind. Um, seven points from him. Even though the, the Ty Chandler, we didn't even talk about him in um, Fitch's team. Uh, he had a bad outing too, but still, I just, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the guys to play, you got to play Alexander Madison. But... We always talk about it too. Uh, this wasn't that relatively close matchup, but you can't have your kicker head minus three. 
Like that's going to kill yeah. you. Uh, yeah. What really brought her team up was just kind of those high performances. Matthew Stafford inserted in the lineup. I want to say Sam's got to be Sam has to be uh, the the owner that has played the most quarterbacks. I'm thinking in the top of my head, at least four have been on a starting lineup for her, but um, clicks. I think uh, going forward, she's going to uh, get back into the playoffs race. She's either going to ride with Matthew Stafford or she's got to go similar, just playing uh, best matchups. Uh, yeah. I know that's something that she's got to make that dance. It really comes down to commitment and making sure that you're staying, staying on top of it with the waiver wire. See what you can do. Dave Montgomery is continues to be back 15 points, kind of a lower, lower like point outing for Detroit. There was probably more opportunities that could have been in play without all the turnovers and just lack of efficiency for downs that they were going for. So um, while that's a good game, I expect better. Stefan Diggs was able to perform in a just absolute rainstorm, which is impressive, buoyed by a big touchdown. Brandon IU continues to be consistent, 12 points. As I, as I say, continue to be consistent. Not really true. He just came off a 26-point outing last week against that t- leaky Tampa, uh, Tampa defense that you uh-huh. touched on with your Josh Downs. And Cowboys defense. I mean, Cowboys defense are they, – they have to be the number one defense, yeah. Uh, last three weeks, 10, 22, 16. I don't care who you're who they're playing. You put them in the lineup, and it seems like Dallas right now uh, – we already talked about their matchups, actually. We are talking about Dak. You got a matchup at home against Seattle. Woof. Like, uh-huh. we'll sign that up. My, my only – I guess my only uh, issues and questions that I have for Sam's team is I like the lineup besides Alexander Madison. Um going forward, but she has like three interesting options on her bench. She's got Brandon cooks. Now hear me out about Brandon cooks. I know it's Brandon cooks, but we got a little, every other factor here. He has been like wildly like consistently inconsistent. And that's kind of the Brandon cooks show uh, starting back week six, 13 points against the chargers, 12 points against the Rams, and a stinker against Philadelphia. Um, only was targeted twice, which is insane. I don't really remember that game that much. But then the Giants game, he had 10 targets, touchdown, 173 yards. He had a stinker, five points. Then this past week, 15 points against Washington. That's someone that you're if you're looking at your flex spot and you're mulling over decisions, um, if he's got the best matchup or you think that's going to be a spring, he's a guy that you consider playing now. Can't start T. Higgins going forward. Pat Fryermuth first came back. Obviously, Kenny Pickett <laughs> loves a tight end. He was heavily mm-hmm. involved. Uh, I want to say over 100 yards without looking at it, so I can yep. see my train of thought. And then Rashi Rice. I I don't know where you're going to get out of him. I the Still, the wide receiver room is shaky. Rashi Rice was one that I mentioned uh, a while back that I thought, okay, I think we can move forward with him being the primary option as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um and that is evident in this game. They needed to come back. They relied on they relied on Rushy Rice, who was heavily involved. Ten targets. He had that big. I believe he had one big touchdown score. Yeah, um, it was like a like a. It was just like over the flat, and he just yeah. It was like a six yard pass, and then he ran for forty yards. So there's definitely options, and there's definitely options for a team. So only be able to get out hundred points. She left some points in the bench. You're not going to beat this matchup. One sixty six. You just got to. Just got to take it for what it is, but uh, she needs a win this week, and I think she has some sort of bench to figure it out. Yeah, I I still think Sam's team. Yeah, very I, for me, it's just very much up in the air. Um, Zach Moss going forward is going to be a big 
um, for these next two weeks. I definitely think that's going to be a huge boost to her squad because Alexander Madison should never see a starting lineup in fantasy. Um, I'm still very, for Sam's purposes, like I still don't think Matthew Stafford's it as far as the quarterback. And we touched about like his matchups the next couple of weeks, Cleveland and then at Baltimore. Like those are two, maybe the two toughest matchups going for the next two weeks. Um, and so <clears throat> for, for in order for her to win or make the playoffs, she needs, you know, to solidify the quarterback position. Um, I'm not sure who she can get off of waivers, um, but we have ex- an extremely late trade deadline. I didn't know this. This Our trade deadline, I think, is like I might have to change this. I believe it's next week or the week after. So I might have to change it to make it next week prior to the games because yeah. we shouldn't be making trades for playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. But, yeah, the rest of Sam's squad, like, Next week is tough with some buys. Um, but yeah, Brandon Cooks is an interesting one. Pat, Pat Fryermuth, I think, going forward is going to be your starting tight end. Um, I, I still think it's, I don't know if this team has enough to really um, to make a, a, a late season push to get in the playoffs. And I think, uh, I, I agree, I think a 103. I mean, if you think about it, kickers usually don't get negative points. So if you're, you're thinking about it, she had a Brown 106, 110. I think that's what you're going to get from uh, Sam going forward. Maybe just, you know, 105. I, I think that's her ceiling in my opinion, because I don't expect Stafford to get 23 points a week. Um, but I do perhaps think that Joe Mixon can get more than seven. You're looking at, um, you know, some of the other players. But I think going forward, Sam, this is pretty much what you're going to get from her squad uh, for the next two weeks. Sam with the loss goes to five and seven, seventh place. Notorious continues his push for the number one overall seed and by heading to the playoffs gets the win. 166 moves to nine and three. Now we didn't officially do a matchup of the week, but I would, I would assume, I would assume that if we had, if we like started with the matchups, we would have taken this as a matchup of the week because you got QB sneaks who has just, turned it around as of late. Uh, we mentioned it in the intro a little bit about my trade that I had with both of these teams, actually, and they were both used here. Uh, one of my trades was Justin Fields to QB sneaks. Um, I gave him Derek Henry. And then the other one was Cortland Sutton to uh Knicks team run runners or Jared Goff. Now, I think if I didn't make that trade and I had played both guys, I think I would have won this week. So that hurts. But um, 139-112, QB Sneaks get the win. Both teams are now 8-4. QB Sneaks is in second place. So not close enough where Rum Runners can do his usual tricks and squeak by a uh, last-second win that he's been doing ever so effort like effortlessly this year. But 139, uh, not a great outing from two of QB Sneaks guys. Uh, Brock Purdy with only 10 points. Dalton Schultz, 0.7. He's an end zone guy, Dalton Schultz. I think you continue to play him. I'm not worried about any output like that. I've been high on him and continue to be high on him because, I mean, we just spent we just spent like 10 minutes in one matchup talking about where we're going to draft C.J. Stroud next year. So this is what it is. But you get Christian McCaffrey. You got Tarek Henry now on the same. Both guys going for 20 points. C.D. Lamb continues to be a target hog. 45 to 10. Sometimes there's weird in games when it's so high scoring that like, the number one guy on the team isn't like as involved that much. Uh, 
nine targets, four catches, which seems a little strange, but all you need is that 53 yards and a touchdown will get you in that 15 point window. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen just continues to be Keenan Allen, number two wide receiver all in fantasy football. I think I, I was early on the transgression saying that he was going to be at like a top three. So I'm looking good on that projection. 14 catches. Yeah, I said that correctly. 14 catches for 106 yards. This is now three straight games where he's had over 10 catches. And honestly, when you watch the game, like it's it's sometimes like you see a game and you're like, oh, my God, they threw it to like Adam Thielen again. Like when Keenan's playing, it's like, all right, that's another catch. Like you just assume it's him. Uh It's like one of those guys that makes these like crazy feats like 10, 11, 13, 14 or like 200. Like it makes it look so effortless and and like normal. And I feel like he's going to continue to get that. Also, number two running back on the season. Raheem Mostert, just what a roller coaster of a of a season you're getting out of this guy. He's he is losing his job with um Arcane. He uh A-chain. isn't he's A Chain Arcane. Ar- I don't know why I say Arcane. Uh with A Chain. And you just don't know what you're getting. Getting a four point, five point, nine point, twenty one points. I mean twenty twenty carries, ninety four yards. A chain continues to be banged up. It looks I think he's done for the season, probably. Uh after being I know they were they precautionally no, I took yeah. I know they precautionally took him out, but it's like this is gonna be one of those situations where it's like I mean, you just saw what Raheem Moser did. I, I just don't get it. Just I I hate I mean we just talked about a little bit with Bijan and being like, Well, obviously it's smart for them to like give him twenty and not thirty five, but it's like in one of these situations, Raheem has just been so efficient. And I know A Chain has been as as well. It's like a different element in terms yeah, of the game. He's and like, much better than Raheem Moser. Well, Raheem, Raheem Moser continues to reduce, and QB Sneaks is just reaping off uh, that trade that he made with you at the beginning of the year, and you're getting 14 points from. I mean, I mean yeah, I, I mean, mean it's one it player. Is. Well, how I mean, how, how, player. Is, how is Nuka? Uh, Nuka how was Puka <laughs> done on uh, a Shane's team this year? I None. mean, I got AJ Brown, buddy. AJ Brown is the only reason why my team's four and eight probably beat. 0 oh, and 12 if it wasn't for AJ Brown. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about QB Sneaks team? Well, no, it's just a very good team. I mean, it's it's it is stacked. It is stacked across the board. Um Brock Purdy is probably the weakest link. And it's nice to have a quarterback that is probably on the best team in football. And being the quarterback of that team and having so many weapons, so that 10 points. I mean, you're looking at two players that got a combined score. Of eleven points, and the Shane still put up one forty. So, like that—that that is an insane thing to have. He's got, you know, you never know what you're getting out of kickers on a week to week basis. But Brandon McManus, fourteen points. You know, the San Francisco defense. Shane has also the Ravens defense. He—he's got a lot of depth. Um, and sure, like if injuries do happen, then yeah, perhaps he can plug in Puka. Or Nico Collins. Nico Collins had a great week this last week, too, and he's still holding strong in that top 20 position rank. Um, and he's had three straight weeks around uh, with over 10 points. But if if all these players stay healthy, I just I find it so hard to believe a Shane losing this year. Like, I just don't yeah. I just don't I see it. Like, I don't see how Keenan is going to have a game where he doesn't have less than 10 targets. And when Keenan is targeted, he catches his targets. Yeah. You're looking at his last five weeks, 
10 targets, 8 catches. 9 targets, 8 catches. 14 targets, 11 catches. 16 targets, 10 catches. And the only reason why one of those wasn't a catch, another touchdown, was because the sun was in his eyes and he couldn't see anything. And then you're looking at this last week. There was a time, I believe the last two targets that Keenan Allen had, he dropped. He was 14 of 14 going into like the final drive. So <coughs> he is going to consistently be that unless they drop out of the playoffs, which is can be a thing in the next three to four weeks. They have a pretty easy schedule after, after, after they played the Ravens this week. You're looking at, um, New England. Now Denver has played much better. So Denver's going to be a little tougher, but Vegas, I mean, even like throwing on Buffalo, I think is still an option. That's going to be a high scoring game. So you're looking at these teams where Keenan is going to have great weeks. McCaffrey is still a beast. He's right up there with Tyreek for best um, player in the game, essentially offensive player in the game. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to have much or many more 20 point games this week. I do think this happened to be against a very bad as I mean, we know they're one in 10, a bad team in Carolina. That was my pitch. That was my pitch in the text thing. I'm like, I'm trading right now. You're going to get the best. If you want a free win or a free good outing from Derrick Henry, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Indianapolis, Miami, Houston, next three weeks, some of those could be good matchups, but they're also a really bad team too. They, they like, I mean, the score was uh, 17 to 10, but. You know, just two bad teams that played against one another. So who knows if Derrick Henry, maybe towards the end of the year, possibly Taiji Spears takes over just to get some reps in for the last couple of games. But this is a tough team to beat um, because if anyone goes down, he has backup. Um, and so that's what you want in fantasy. And then anything else on a Shane's team or can we talk about the opposite when it comes to Knicks? Well, let's talk about the biggest fraud in this league, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick's team, Nick's in general, just we were talking before when we jumped on this and I was just looking at some stats because I wanted to see if this was true. Nick has the least amount of points scored in our league at one ninety eleven hundred and ninety nine. Just just the most luck I've ever seen. So and this is just typical Nick. He's got I believe it was six wins this year by less than 10 points. And he's got four of those by less than three points. Which is just insane to me. It just it. If I could, if I'm a betting man, and I'm going to put all my money down on Nick losing in the first week of the playoffs. So whoever gets that fourth seed now it could be Brian's team, which is another, uh, which is another fugazi of a team. But you know, if Steph goes up against Nick, give me Steph all day long against Nick's team. And it's not necessarily. I will say this: this was by far Nick's. I felt like his best output in weeks. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the Miami Dolphins defense, but some of his players, his wide receivers finally showed some promise. Debo had 19 points. Michael Pittman was a target hog on Sunday. He had 16 points. Um, and his stat line, let me pull it up really quick, was 10 catches for 107 yards. Um, had a really busy first half, kind of uh, tailored off a little bit towards second. Um, but yeah, the rest of his, the rest of his team, just like there's nothing really, Surprised Devontae Smith sat. Um, and that's, I guess, what you get when you have four good options. I wouldn't say like great or must starts, um, but four solid options. And so Devontae Smith sits. Would have been nice if Devontae Smith sat against me a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, just 112 for Nick, I feel like is, you know, a really good week for him. Yeah. I mean, it's a good week, but it's a frustrating week because it seems like, 
it seems like he's got he's just got the names. He's got the names on his team. I feel like with uh with ETN, James Connor, while James Connor is just done. He is done, but he's still someone that we would consider as like you plug him in like he, he he's got it like he's got like he's got that reputation and fantasy of being like a very consistent horse being able to like always cash in for a touchdown which he hasn't got i mean he's been injured all year and uh i believe the first week he came back he had a decent outing oh no seven points but um and then Devonte adams can do need to be frustrating you got the good debo game and michael pittman kind of been a yo-yo this season as well except actually no excuse me ever since week six ever since he's Gardner, been very probably, good yeah you you don't you don't stop with him but it's Devonte adams it's while this matchup wasn't close it was still 26 27 point difference Devonte adams like i can't imagine at this point of his situation and what we're watching with oakland that i could imagine him getting into like 30 like 35, like absolute blow up week. I don't think it's just there for him anymore. Not because of talent, like I said, situation, but um, he's a guy that's tough to sit like Devonte Smith. You were saying, yeah, I know we got three good options there, but at this juncture, if you're making a switch on like, okay, who's my third, like who's the third worst wide receiver, this crew, as much as I've been extremely down on Depot um, and his inconsistencies, his injuries, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust just Devontae. Uh coming back. This is his first week. Um let me scratch that. Last week he had 13 uh targets. The week before that he had 13 and relatively high outings. That was coming right after the coaching change. I mean the, the, with Antonio Pierce and Josh McDaniels leaving. So obviously there was some hype around that. But this game against Kansas City, I don't know if it was a product of complacency from Oakland as they took that early lead. And they they try to milk the clock away with with Josh Jacobs, as we saw in Trey's matchup with his high outing. Um, so I don't know if this is a circumstance of I don't know if this is a circumstance of the game script or that, and well, I, I will stop you really quick because I was watching like that, that entire game and they threw to Devonte early like they they made it a point once again to get him involved. I think he had three or four catches in the first quarter. They took that 14-0 lead and then Kansas City just came back. And then Kansas City's defense just turned it up. Like yeah. they were just shutting Devontae down. They weren't they were shutting Josh Jacobs down. After Josh Jacobs' run, he didn't do much after that. I mean, they only scored three points after they took a 14-0 lead. And Kansas City outscored them 31 to 3 after 14-0. And that's mostly because I sent out a bunch of texts saying that the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders plus 10 was the easiest bet in my life. So I will take full responsibility for the, the downfall of the Raiders this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But I I got to say Debo out of those four, um, because looking at Debo stats, Debo is super exciting. He's actually one of my favorite players to watch on every, and on, on any given Sunday, he only has one reception for a touchdown this year. Um, and he's got three rushing touchdowns. So he's very dependent on these rushing touchdowns, which sure, like I get it because he can do both. And we watched him, I don't think it was last year, but I think the year before that, maybe it was last year, have like six or seven rushing touchdowns. He had a bunch, probably before the McCaffrey trade. Um, and he was just used as a running back, like half the half the game, essentially. But Devonta Smith is someone that I think you need to get in there because <laughs> Jalen Hurts runs the ball. DeAndre Swift can run the ball here and there. 
But really, like when AJ Brown is getting double teamed, Devonta is always open, always open because he's 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 one of the best second wide receiver, if not the best second wide receiver um, in the game. So I, I think that's what you have to do going forward <coughs> is is plugging in Devonta Smith and sure. I mean, if you want to play matchups, you can play matchups, but it's hard in San Francisco too, because if everybody's healthy, you have to hope one of the three may like maybe, or sorry, one of the two, maybe three touchdowns they score in that specific game go to Debo. Cause if they don't, he's putting up three or four points and that's probably it. Yeah. I think it's a tough one. I think matchup dependency, um, you're convincing me a little bit more of Debo. I feel like Font is a little bit of an asinine take. I think with this nine point out, nine point eight outing, I'm reverting to what his level of. I mean, I guess when you're looking at week two, th- three, and four, he still put up kind of monster weeks by his new standard. That Pittsburgh game, obviously an aberration. We're looking at it now, but I'm looking at before and after the coaching change, and this kind of reminded me of what I've been getting uh, before this cha- before the change, and just. Kind of, he's getting, he's getting the, getting the catches, he's getting the yards. It's just there's little to no hope of a touchdown. At least Debo, I feel, I feel like while that uh, multifaceted uh, approach that this team had about getting him the ball obviously has diminished with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk just being a better wide receiver, and then every now and then George Kittle is going to come in and still two touchdowns. Um, even with all that, I still feel like touchdowns is what I'm going to get. And it's what I need for a potential third flex wide receiver that I'm going to get out of Debo. But um, yeah, but him and Devonte, yeah, I can see it neck and neck. I see um, two of the, be- two of the better offenses, two of the best offenses in all of football. So you're not like, you have to make that argument on which one's better. This is a bad team, good team, whatever. It's pretty much neutral. I think at this point, um, so interesting options. He's got plenty of options and he's going to have to figure it out because it seemed like for a while now, it was a fight between him and Brian for that second place by. And now we're seeing Brian started to fall apart Rum runners. Now has a major competition with QB sneaks. QB sneaks is obviously like you mentioned wildly outscoring. him. he needs to finish off this season strong. Do you have anything else? Are we good? Uh, I got nothing else. Uh, QB Snakes is going to run away with that second spot. It's going to be yep. a, a a Shane and and Trey. I actually think um, a Shane has a spot as a chance to get that number one. Um, he Ooh, you know playing he plays Phil and Brian last two weeks. Let me hop over to the Notorious. We're looking at Nick and Phillips. Actually, I'll take that back. Both play easy <laughs> last two last two weeks. They both play easy schedules so look for those two teams to wrap up the buys 